Psalm 121 is our text this morning. If you'll go ahead and open your Bibles and turn there, uh, you know, it, the book of Psalms is right in the middle of uh, your copy of God's Word, more or less. Uh, if you flip open to the middle, you'll be close to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is a, an assembly of poems or songs uh, that were cries out to God uh, for one reason or another, to either worship and praise Him and tell of His greatness or to plead with him for, uh, for help for, uh, in times of need to go to, to the one who can help. Sometimes it's a, uh, an expression of frustration to God. God, where are you? God, will you not help me? I, I'm in need here. The times are desperate. And so we see a lot of ourselves uh, in this work uh, within the, the pages of Scripture as we uh, walk through our Christian life together. And we come to Psalm 121 today. Uh, the title of the message is Our Higher Help. And you'll see the words of this scripture on your screen in just a moment if you don't have a Bible with you. And if you don't have a Bible in your life, we don't want anyone leaving here today without a good, reliable copy of God's Word. And so we have several copies on the back table as you leave. Those are there just for you. Don't be afraid to take that if you need one. There's no cost to you just to give from our heart uh, to yours, okay? I saw this weekend uh, the news... That out in California, uh, the county is San Luis Obispo. I mean, am I saying that right? Something like that. Um, that there was a 911 call sent, and the dispatcher answered the phone, and there was some commotion on the other end, and, and some noises of distress. And the place uh, had been um, had been marked by high crime in these days, and so they sent deputies out there on a rush, and they got there on the scene and realized it was a zoo. And they rushed in to see what was happening. Was this a, an animal emergency, an attack of some kind? Was, was this a, a, you know, a shoot, an active shooter? What was going on? And everyone was caring about their business as normal. And so they started looking, and they walked through the, the complex, and they found one capuchin monkey. That's a little monkey. Uh, they found a capuchin monkey. There she is. I've got her name here. Rudy. Rudy is her name. And she had stolen a cell phone from a golf cart uh, <laughs> there at the zoo and had dialed 911. <laughs> Thought that was kind of cute, you know. And if I could get a capuchin monkey, I would hold it for sure, you know. It's just cute little creatures. But uh, a call for help had gone out, and uh, they got there and arrived and realized, hey, uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a monkey, right? Um, there are times, friends, when we call to God for help when we need him desperately, and far from being something uh, trivial or, or, or something uh, that's negligible, uh, we find in our hearts a desperate need for him. The circumstances of life have overwhelmed us, or, or there's something that's just way above our head. We may feel like we're drowning or facing disaster, and we call out to God for help. That is what's happening in Psalm 121. This will be a familiar psalm to you and a short one, and so let's take just a moment uh, to read this together. Verse 1, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Now you know this psalm. From where does my help come? And the King James just kind of captures this a little more powerfully to my mind. From whence cometh my help? You remember that? From whence cometh my help? Where is the help? I lift my eyes up to the hills, and the hills here are 
a symbol of foreboding adversity. They're making a, a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. This is a psalm of ascent. They would have sang this as they uh, made a pilgrimage to worship in the holy city Jerusalem. And here's the imagery here. It's a long, arduous journey. And they, they say, in the middle of this journey, I lift up my eyes, and whoa, there's hills. In fact, your translation might say mountains. If I showed you a picture today, these are craggy, rocky, uh, unnavigable hills. And you say, I, I lift up my eyes to the hills. How am I going to make it? Lord, how am I going to get to my destination with this in my way? And the, the psalmist asks a question here. Where is my help going to come from? How am I going to get through this? Little me, weak me, with all this family. and all, How am I going to get through that? From whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord. And how do we know that the Lord is a, uh, an able helper? Verse 2, because he made what? Heaven and earth. Who made these hills? The Lord did. Who's greater? Who is the one who's greater than these hills? The Lord is. Who is the one in my life right now uh, who can surmount the things in front of me that I cannot surmount? That it's evident, it's, it's obvious. That it's just, God is just too big for me. Where's my help going to come from? And then you remember, and the Spirit of God speaks. From whence cometh my help? My help comes from Yahweh the maker of heaven and earth. He is over all these things. Verse 3, he will not let your foot be moved or slip or he's not going to let you be shaken. He who keeps you or defends you or guards you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. There are two words here. Slumber is to become drowsy. I see some of you are slumbering already today, right? Uh, Y'all are not left out of this either. Um, you see, you know, you, you, your eyes start drooping. You know how that is. You're trying your best, but you're slumbering. You're starting to go. You're starting to get dragged down. Your wife asks you a question. You're like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she says, you're asleep, aren't you? Uh, I'm just slumbering. You're right. I'm just resting my eyes. You're starting to, it's starting to grow heavy. The other word is another Hebrew word. Uh, that's uh, used for sleep here. This means to have lasted a long time or to have been stored away. It's used sometimes of food that, that's been stored and, and kept for a long time. It's used of a leprosy sore that is festering. How long have you had leprosy? Long and a long time. How long have you been asleep? I'm in a dead sleep. And so the Lord, him who keepeth Israel, neither sleeps no he's not out he's not in a dead sleep but also neither does he slumber uh, he has not grown drowsy and distracted you're not going to speak to the lord in a time of need and he'll be, oh oh yes yes no the one who keeps israel will not let your foot be moved he will not slumber he who keeps israel will neither slumber nor sleep verse five the lord is your keeper your guardian, your protector. The Lord is your shade. You know what a shade is, shade tree. He's your shade on your right hand. None of this language is accidental. The sun 
shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. Evil here is used in, as it is many times in the Old Testament and in Scripture to mean calamity or disaster or, or pain or a hardship that comes. Uh, evil uh, in the book of Job is used to mean the tornadoes and the whirlwinds and all of this stuff. Uh, it, it, it's not necessarily a moral evil here. Uh, it's disaster. It's, it's harm. It's, it's injury. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. What kind of help is this? What kind of help does God give us claim to as his people. See, the writer here has a right to pull out the claim check and say, Lord, my help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. And if you're a, a follower of God today, if you are washed in the blood of Jesus today, then listen, you have this same claim. What kind of help can you reach out and claim? First is this, we have a powerful help. We have a powerful help. That's not lost on you here as we see that the hills represent this foreboding adversity, uh, obstacles that cannot be overcome. And the, the writer here reaches out and just says, but I've got a greater power. There is something bigger and stronger on my side. You, you might look up and, and see a, an obstacle in your way of the day that you're about to face and you know what that holds or kids, the semester that you're about to enter into and it seems big to you. The decision in your life that you're about to have to make. And you know the ripples from that. You just you can't imagine what this means for you and for others. Sometimes you look up and you realize you're walking ahead in life without a loved one that you used to have by your side. And you say, how am I going to how am I going to get there? Lord, I, I, I'm suffering here. There's a problem here struggle of an illness we have people in our fellowship right now going through unspeakable things that then oftentimes i don't feel adequate to have the words even to speak into your situation because it's ongoing and it's prolonged and 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 and, and what what do you say but you look up and you see that hill that mountain in front of you temptation that plagues your life a sin that just oh you, it just keeps coming back desire you know is wrong but there it is in front of you whatever it is you don't think you can make it the bible says no 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 we have a higher help we have one who is over all of these things we live uh, right next door here and the other day my sweet wife erica looked out and and one of the trees right there in our yard a low tree she she saw a giant hornet's nest and how did, i don't know how we missed it i mean i don't know how long it takes for them to build these things but there it was huge hornets were swarming as they do and I decided I was going to go out there and take care of this you know how we do guys and so I went to the garage and dug out some hornet spray and I took it out there you know just as bold as could be and just just doused this nest tried to get it as close to the entrance as I could just I mean just knew I was going to destroy these hornets they just sat there and looked at me like, what do you think you're doing, right? And I ran. Uh, they started swarming. You know how they assemble on the outside of the nest? They do. And they started all coming out and gathering together for an impending 
attack. And I, they were just looking at me. I thought, this has not worked well. So I gave them a while. I read, I read up on it a little bit. It said, come back at sunset, because that's when they're dormant, it said. And I read about some possible um, things you could do to the hornets. And I decided to come back with overwhelming force. I came back. I got a whole list of things that I brought with me. A chainsaw for one. <laughs> Kingsford lighter fluid. And a propane torch. And a ladder because I wasn't tall enough to cut it down. So I climbed up on there. I cut that bad boy down. It fell on the ground and here they came. But not before I was able to get the Kingsford lighter fluid. The Sam's Club version, right? And I... <laughs> Squeezed it on there and torched that, and, and there it went. It, I came back with overwhelming force. They weren't looking at me the same after that was done. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, listen, I know that's a silly story. It's a real story, but it's a silly story. But it's a picture here. Uh, you know, there are times in our lives that, that our power is finite. Uh, we try our best. We give our most we assemble the most powerful friends we have, and it's just not enough. But God paints a picture here of overwhelming force. The maker of heaven and earth is greater than heaven and earth. And if you're facing those, those, those earthworks in front of you that are binding up your life somehow, I want you to know there is a helper who is greater when it comes to the, the fear of anxiety and of heartache. He's greater. When it comes to the temptations that you face, he's greater. When it comes to the moral forces arrayed against us, students who are in high school and college right now, and many others of you in the workplace and other places, listen, we are uh, increasingly unpopular and segmented and isolated and alone because we stand on the truth of God's word. And I might say again, not on hatefulness, not on bigotry, not on judgment, not on fear. But we stand with God. We see these forces all around us and how heavily fortified they seem. How unpopular it makes us. I want you to know, as you look at that, we have a higher helper. And the Lord is greater if we have to lift our eyes up to see the troubles we face, never forget those troubles have to lift their eyes up to see God, to see our helper. And notice that the help comes for us. God doesn't sit in this holy city with his arms folded and say, let's see if they can make it or not. The, the, the help cometh from the Lord. Uh, he flows down to us uh, uh, to help us. It comes, uh, it comes out of that mountain to find the traveler on the journey. What a help we have in God. We have a powerful help. But secondly, we have a present help. I love this second part because it reveals something to us here. When we need to be safeguarded the most, we're going to have access to that protection. When we find ourselves in weakness and vulnerability and loneliness and helplessness, the Lord is there for us. We know that because he's neither sleeping nor slumbering. This is a God who is always alert, who is always knowing, who is always seeing, who is always watching, who is always caring. 
We were watching a show on TV the other day that we've kind of grown fond of, our whole family has, and one of the good guys, a policeman, was injured, was attacked by a bad guy, and was put into the hospital. And there he lay all dis, you know, disabled and stuff because of this attack. And they decided to place a guard at the door. Why? Because somebody might come and attack him again, right? He's there in the hospital. I want you to know a little thing I've learned is you can tell whether you're, you're the one you like is going to live or die by the type of policeman they put at the door at the, in the movies. You know what I mean? If you've met this character before, right, if, 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 you, if he's a big part of the movie, or if it's a famous person who's there guarding the, the entrance to that hospital door, chances are you're, the guy you like is going to make it, right? They, didn't, they, they put a famous guy there. They put a well-known character. If the policeman that shows up to guard the hospital door, you've never seen them before in the movie, if at the credits of the movie it says, policeman number one or whatever they don't have a name they're not a famous actor chances are guess what your friend ain't gonna make it out of the hospital right it's over with uh, because he's he's expendable he's enough what what happens with policeman number one when he has to go to the bathroom guess where he goes bathroom and he don't hurry back I mean, he stays there for a long time if he gets thirsty for a cup of coffee Policeman number one is going to go to the break room, right? And if a nurse there is making eyes at him, guess what? He's going to go talk to the nurse. When his shift ends and no relief has come yet to relieve him, guess what he's going to do? He's going home, right? That's what policeman number one does. And during those moments, the assassin comes in and takes out the good guy. Listen, there's an there's a, a, a illustration here, I hope, uh, and that, that is... <laughs> that uh, God never leaves his post. Now, it's not that God is our servant in that way or that, that he, he must do for us in, in that sense that he's lower than us. No, uh, out of grace, from a, a position of strength in mercy, he comes and serves us. He keeps and he guards and he protects us and he never sleeps and he never slumbers. There's not even a hint of this. That's why in Deuteronomy 31 and Hebrews 15, it says in both places, Old Testament and New Testament, that God is quoted as saying, I will never, what, leave you nor forsake you. And that word never is absolute. We have a present help. When you feel the most vulnerable, when you feel the most on your own, I want you to remember that the watchful eye and the strong arm of God have never been diminished, not in the least. He is there, he is watching, and he is able. But third, we have a personal help. This is powerful. There's some symbolism that comes here that we're going to unpack a little bit for just a moment. There are at least one or two pictures here that we need to look at. The first is the idea of a shade that God, who we know is powerful already, who we know is present already, is the shade on your right hand. That means the sun's out here. And between you and the sun, uh, there's a figure. There's a presence. The Lord provides a shade on your right hand. How close do you have to be to somebody to provide shade to them? Pretty close, right? My grandmother and my grandfather were great people in my life. And 
they used to say something to me. I was a pesky kid with a lot of words and a lot of questions and always right up in whatever they were doing. And they would say oftentimes, Matthew, you're in my, anybody? Well, what, I don't know what y'all said. It sounded mean. Uh, space. I want to use a different word. You're in my light. Who knows what that means, you're in my light? My grandmother would be in there trying to read a cookbook and put ingredients in, and all of a sudden there's little Matthew, right? Right there with his big old head, you know? And, and they, would say, <laughs> they would say, honey, honey, you're in my light. I never quite understood that. She would be needle pointing or whatever y'all do, and she would be doing her stuff, and I'd be right there. Meemaw, her name was Meemaw. Meemaw, what are you making? Meemaw, she'd say, honey, you're in my light. That means I'm casting a what? A shadow. My poor grandfather would be out in the garage with his Dremel tool. Anybody know what a Dremel is? All right. He'd be looking through all the fittings, trying to find the right one for his Dremel, and finally he'd say, oh, Matthew, you're in my light. What's that mean? I'm casting a shadow. I'm keeping the light from, from hitting him. How close do you have to be to be a shade for somebody? You've got to be right there. I mean, you've got to be right there with them. How close is God to you when you're struggling, when you're suffering, when you've called for help? How close is he to match up with the picture here that God's word gives us? Friends, he's right there with you. Yeah, the holy mountain is, is up ahead. Your destination is up ahead. But God's not just sitting there cruelly waiting to see how you fare. He's right there with you. And he's right there on your strong side. He is on your right hand. The Lord is there protecting your strength. Do you see that? Uh, in Psalm 139, the Bible says this, Even if I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me secure or hold me fast. Our right hand is our strong hand. And God is not only there with us, protecting us, keeping that sun from burning us, keeping harm from coming to us, right close at hand as our shade. Listen, he's there upholding our strength. When we're at our weakest, the Lord is our strength. He is going to preserve our strength. He's not only strong, he's not only awake, but God intimately and personally knows your movements and your moments and moves with you through your fears. That doesn't mean he takes them all away, but he's right there with us. Psalm 34 says this, The Lord is what? Near to the brokenhearted. And he saves the crushed in spirit. We have a personal help today, friends. But also, we have a permanent help. Last one. We have a permanent help. What do we make of this extreme language here in verses 7 and 8? The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. He will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. It's extreme language. Are we to believe that God's word is telling us that we will never face injury? All evil. He's going to keep us from all calamity. We're never going to sorrow again. We're never going to suffer again. We're never going to be treated unfairly again. We're never going to lose our job again when this guy over here keeps his. Uh, is, could that be what 
the, what the Bible is telling us. I don't think it can be that based on observation and experience, but based also in the, tr- the testimony of God's word. Listen to Romans 8. You'll recognize this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those things are going to come, aren't they? Listen, what, what were they again? Uh, in all these things, the Bible says we're more than conquerors. In tribulation, that's going to come. Or distress, that's going to come. Persecution and famine, hunger, nakedness, danger, even death. Even death is going to come for us all. But in this, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. How is that possible? The psalmist isn't saying here we're never going to face this stuff again. But it is saying that in these things, God's promises hold true. We lost a little pet of ours this week. Uh, he, it's a she. Her name was Slinky. She's a guinea pig. And um, we had her when we first came here. We first moved here, and, and, it was, uh, and praise the Lord, we did. But moves are hard, you know. You move from home, you move from a place, you leave behind and all of this. And, you know, there are a, a couple of things that kind of have been with us from the beginning of our time here. And one of those was Slinky the guinea pig. <laughs> and she uh, was uh, Olivia's pet, and we had her, and we knew her. She's just a constant presence. And then the other day, for no, with no uh, warning, Slinky was gone. If you look up in the yard, you'll see a little cross out there in the back corner where Slinky is laid uh, to rest. It's hard when something changes like that. When a presence that was always there, you depended on, you counted on, even if it was in the background, even if it wasn't primary, all of a sudden, guess what? It's gone. The Lord is never going to be that way toward us. How can we use this extreme language here? How can we say that the Lord is going to keep us from all evil? The truth is not that we will never face these things, but that we will never be abandoned to their victory. Do you believe that this morning? We will never be abandoned to their victory. Trials and afflictions will assail us, but the presence and promises of God, what do they do? They overpower and outlast them every time. We're going to face these afflictions but we will not be abandoned to them. They're not going to win. There is going to be a winner, but it's not going to be them. We have a God here who is a permanent help. He never goes. He never dies. He never fails. God is an ultimate help in this text. And if you're not careful, we're going to miss something here today. We're going to miss that he is our ultimate help because we have an ultimate need. Here's what that means. If you read the letter to the Corinthians in chapter 15, here's what it says. Writing this uh, to this Corinthian church, the Bible says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That means me and you. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Here's what that means. That means without Christ, without that help that comes from that mountainside, guess what? 
we're left here and we are firmly in the grip of the evil we just talked about. We are firmly subject to our sins. We are firmly carried along uh, by the prince of the power of the air, by the ruler of this age. We are subject to those victories. But listen to the rest of this. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have a greater victory this morning. And it's not that you're going to walk out of here and based on the claim of this scripture, all of your troubles are going to vanish away. But it is to say that there is a higher victory and a higher helper, and that help comes from the Lord. And when we were found to be the most helpless, when the mountains in front of us were, were, were just heaped up because of our sin, when we would never get through, the Lord came to our rescue. He did so in the man Jesus Christ. He gave his life on a cruel cross for our sins that we could have victory. So I ask you this morning, and whatever you're facing, where does your help come from? From whence cometh your help today? Let me pray for us. Maybe this morning... You're facing something unspeakable. Something you never thought you would be mashed up against. Something that would never be where the Lord's path for life would take you. But here you are. There's no denying it and it's very real to you. I hope God's word encourages you this morning in knowing that you have a higher helper. I don't know what your next steps will be. I don't know what the future will hold. I don't know what this week will mean. I don't know how long the pain will last. I don't know if a cure will come. I, I don't have those answers. But at every point, at every single inch of that journey, you've got a helper. And it's a helper who comes to your aid. Maybe this morning, the hill that stands in front of you is insurmountable because it represents all the sins of your life you've never been forgiven you've never had the way cleared you've never been able to call out to a God who is in fact your father because you've never surrendered your life to him you've never been born into his family you've never been adopted as his son or daughter this morning you can come for the very first time surrender your life to Christ Maybe you come for another reason this morning. Maybe you need to come for church membership. You know we're not a perfect church. But the Lord's place is here for a reason. We need people like you to help us. We need to embrace you and put you to work. There's no doubt about it. Maybe you need to come for baptism. We're baptizing next week. Take that bold step and see what difference it makes to you. We're here for that this morning. Lord, thank you for the word of God and thank you for trusting it to us. I pray that your words, Father, and your power and purpose will have rested in someone's heart this morning to make a difference to them. We offer this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing, and as we do, I invite you to respond.